This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results, Darren Ahern, and Presidential Bank Mortgages, Terry Kernan. Hey, folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I'm Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, bringing you almost 20 years' experience here in the Maryland and PA area. And we want to thank you guys for all listening and tuning in. I had a couple good um, people text me and stuff like that, and... Uh, just started listening and really enjoy our program and been sharing it with others. And like I said, it's in w, um, WFMD.com in the drop down. You got to go all the way to the uh, programs. And we have them all in order. And I think this one today is number 270, 267 today. So, and not with me next to me, but in an undisclosed location still, we have Mr. Terry Kernan from Presidential Bank. Terry, are you there? I am. I am. I am. Thank you. All right, buddy. Good to hear from you. You want to tell everybody, like, where you're at? Sure, sure. I'm at the White Marlin, uh, White Marlin Open down in Ocean City. Uh, it's been kind of an interesting week. There's been very, very few uh, marlin caught. So you have the, the White Marlin, which is the big fish, the big prize. That pulls at $4.5 million. And as of right now, there is not any white marlins on the board so the big question is what happens to the what happens if no white marlin comes in it shifts that prize money it shifts down to the blue marlin now we had a blue marlin come in uh yesterday and it was basically actually a friend of mine frank sherman owns the boat Uh, frank and i went to college together and frank uh is currently on the leaderboard with with a 511-pound blue marlin. So if Frank didn't catch that, if nobody caught any marlin, all that prize money would have slid down to the tuna category, which is a huge, uh, which is huge. So right now, um, hoping Frank gets it all because he'll get the white marlin money plus the blue marlin money, which will be very substantial. Uh, but today's the last day, and Friday's the last day, and it's pretty exciting. Wow, that is crazy. I know living down there and having the stores when we had them in the 90s and stuff, it wasn't quite as big as this at all, like what's going on with the prize money and all that, but it was always a, a really cool event, especially if, uh, you know, somebody comes in almost practically unannounced with a big fish or something like that and is competing and all that kind of good stuff. So I know it's probably crowded, a lot of fun down there, good weather, and I'm glad you're having a lot of good times. So, all right, T, tell us about what's happening in the market this week in the, in, uh, the mortgage world. So the big news this week, Darren, has been inflation. Okay, so let's start with last week. You know, we talked about the jobs numbers and what's going on, and basically the jobs number, unemployment actually dropped to 3.5%. So the two weeks before, we were talking about are we in a recession? People are saying, you know, technically it looks like we're in a recession because the economy is shrinking, but that's supposed to increase unemployment. Unemployment's supposed to go up when the economy is shrinking. I've never seen it, and, and a lot of articles that I'm reading is that a lot of these economists have never really seen where the economy is shrinking and unemployment is dropping. So it dropped to 3.5%. Huge news. So that was a big shock to everybody. And then what happened uh, is the consumer price index came out, Okay big inflation number, 
and that determines how inflation is going. And basically the CPI showed it was unchanged. So a month earlier, it was a big surprise when it went up a whole percentage point. This month it was unchanged. So then the next big number is the PPI, the producer price index. And that just went up a touch when they were expecting um, when they were expecting so much more uh, that the producer price index went up and it was only like 0.3% was the core rate. So those are great signs. So anybody that's been watching the stock market, right? What happens when good news comes out about the economy? The stock market's going to go up, okay? So that's what we've seen this week. So all that money that we've lost in our 401ks and our retirements, we've actually gained some of that back, okay? Because these numbers that we've seen are very unexpected, the inflation numbers. So what is the deal? The deal is be cautious. It's probably not going to be as good as it is in the future. So basically, the inflation numbers that came out, if they stay strong or if they stay at this level, then I think that they won't need to raise interest rates anymore. Does that mean that they're not going to raise interest rates? I don't believe they're going to raise them. The Fed, when they meet in August, they're not going to raise them. But in September, they might just raise them a quarter of a point. But it's all depending on uh, what type of information that they get. What what do the numbers say? And that's going to dictate what the thing is or what the increase is going to be or if there is no increase. So if these numbers sustain for the next 30 to 35 days where every number is coming out, and showing that inflation is quieting a bit. And the big thing that you'll see is basically the gas prices, okay? We were paying $5 for a gallon of gas. Now it's down uh, here in Ocean City. We're down to, I, I got some the other day for three ninety nine. So we've lost a huge chunk of that um, high, gas, high gas prices, and that's the reason that we're seeing the CPI and the PPI um, in control. All right, that sounds good. What about um, interest rates? I think you had said what we're hovering right around like five and a, a quarter, five and a half or so right now for the most part. Yeah, so rates have come down. They've kind of stabilized. Um, they've got a little bit of pressure on them, you know, because of all these numbers. So as I've talked about many, many, many times in the past is, is people will take money out of the safe haven of the bond market where the yield isn't very high, but the loss, you you're protecting yourself against the big losses, and they'll reinvest it into the stock market. So that kind of puts pressure on rates to go up a little bit. So they've gone up a little bit, but they're still pretty good. They're in control. They're under 6%, so uh, it all looks good. All righty, good stuff, good stuff. All right, Terry, as you know, I um, just got back literally um, from San Diego. I was out in the uh, big real estate conference, Brian Ruffini conference that I've done three years ago. So it was really cool to be with 3,200 real estate agents out there from around the country and people I've known for quite a while and such like that. And what I love about doing this event is um, – the fact that it's it's great to catch up with everybody and, and, and be on the real pulse with what's happening in the market and all that good stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, learned a couple things out there about what we're seeing. Um, 
One of the predictions things that we've seen uh, is that slowing just uh, some of the markets and places around the country. Um, some of the agents are definitely sharing about the same thing, that their inventory is coming up, but not as fast as they thought it was going to come up. And that, you know, and that they're seeing about as much as 50% of all homes adjust value that have been on the market at the time of average days on market or above that. And that's about what we've been seeing as well. It's definitely climbed quite a bit. I think what's happening is a lot of sellers are starting to realize if I don't have an offer with, like I've said, six or eight showings, in some cases, if their agent is sharing that, but mostly the days on market. Um, As of today, Terry, we're up to 35 so we've come up a little bit. We're at 35 average days um, on the market as far as that's concerned. But we'll do the other inventory numbers. Last week, we were at 423 total active, and we're at 440. So we're on track. We're seeing about 2 to 3%. Um, growth as far as inventory each week, it seems like, 277 resales. Um, still can't get past that 277, but, you know, we're little by little by little. I think we'll eventually see that. But most of it's the time of the year. Construction, new construction is 163. Um, and when I add in, I was looking again, temporary off-market, people always ask, like, what, when I see a home that's not on the market active or under contract, depending what's going on with that house, we have 44 of them right now, which is about the average that we typically see between 30 and 40. And those could be a variety of things. They, most of the time, it's usually um, a seller that's painting something at the last minute or fixing something or whatever it is that they've only taken it off just for a very short period of time. It could be a day. It could be two days. There's a lot of factors that play into that um, number as far as that. Uh, so, Terry, the big number is the coming soon. Can't believe it. 36 coming soon. We have been averaging 50, 60, I've been saying forever, until we get over 100 consistently. It's really hard to gauge if we're going to stay consistent above 2, 3, 4% inventory growth. Until we get 100 or more, we're not going to start breaking 5, 6, 7% inventory growth per week. Um, or, you know, having at least 15% or more per month happen. And so that's really uh, astounding. Um, pending under contracts, 421 and sold in the last uh, 30 days was 457. So that number's come down a little bit, obviously, from the height of things like that. And so we're seeing a slowdown. Everybody wants to know where's the average uh, this year to date for appreciation where values are. We're at about 5 to 6%, 5.1, but about 5 to 6% appreciation. And we we'll, should continue to stay on a half a percent, maybe a quarter percent a month, which would put us that every quarter we could start to see 1%, which could put us at the end of December, uh, possibly at 7% for the year. And I had said 8% was my initial prediction. Um, that we could land as far as the values going up over year over year. So, Terry, what are some of your thoughts on some of these numbers that are happening right now in real time? Well, the one that is the most shocking to me is obviously the the coming soon. So I'm sitting here trying to process that, and I'm saying, well, you know, a lot of people are on vacation. So I'm down here in Ocean City, and I'm working remotely, and I'll I'll get on my emails. And I will say that this week I've had a lot fewer emails. So I think that that is because people are on vacation. They're kind of figuring out what they want to do. You know, hard to believe that kids are going to be going back to school in the next two weeks. Um, but it's reality. The summer's coming to an end. So, so when you say 36, that's an extremely low, low, low number. And it's not helping our cause here. But I 
I'm okay with it because of what time of year it is. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I was going to say, I looked at last year's, we were at 52. So it was a little bit lower, but it's higher than it is right now. So, yeah, there's probably a lot of factors. Seasonal, you know, interest rates then were a little lower. There was just a lot of different aspects and all that stuff like that. So, all right, I'm going to get right into pulse of the market and stuff like that. I still keep saying no offers by 14 days or so. Um, you know, 14 days is kind of a really good general rule. And you'll say, wait a minute, Darren, you said 35 is the average time on the market right now. You don't want to get near that number. That that number um, is tough. I'm getting ready to sell a house um, this week, this next week coming up that uh, is here in Frederick. And they've been on the market about 32 days and they, they got like two showings and no offers. So there is a litany of things that is factoring into why this home is not selling within a week or two or so um, in in all that regard. So I'm going over all those tips and tricks with the seller and making sense to what's happening and hopefully going to be able to help them out because now they're already a little stigmatized. They've already been out there for over 30 days. And so buyers are always going to have that initial feel of what's wrong with the, the property out of the gate. So Pulse Market, as I said, Terry, talking to a lot of friends around the country and such like that, was which was excellent this week to get an idea. Uh, the good news is most properties are still at least getting one offer, maybe not as many multiple offers at all but still getting one offer um, and all that. I had an Asian actually call me today. They just listed a, a townhouse that was next to, very close to my townhouse that we have now under contract in Talon Ridge community up there in here in Frederick. And uh, first of all, he asked, number one, how much activity did you get? And uh, I was driving and I said, hey, man, I just got in from a flight two in the morning back from San Diego. And I said, what's happening? He said, yeah. He said, um, we just got in the market. We're on day number two, but... But I'm a little bit concerned, Darren. We've had no showings. And I said, don't panic, man. Don't panic. We're the same boat. We went two to three days with no showings. And then all of a sudden, he said, what kind of activity did you get after that? And then I said, we got like five showings. And we got a few offers. And um, and then we were okay. So we got it done within under a week. And it's fine. So I said, don't panic. Now, that was two or three weeks ago. That was a little bit different than right now. But I said, I don't suspect the market's changed enough in the last, you know, week or two that you're going to have anything totally, completely different in that regard. So, um, but I said, don't worry, it's going to be fine. So this is what we're kind of seeing now is we're not seeing the multiple offers on day number one uh, or offers as it's coming soon listed and all that stuff like that. So, um, Terry, what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, yeah, I think what we talked about uh, last week, was it last week? Yeah, and we talked about getting ahead of the curve, okay? And I think you did a very good job of, you know, using that example. If it's, you know, do you go in it listed at 310 or do you list it at 290 and get ahead of that curve? So we're starting to see that curve come into play more and more. And um, I, it's, it, it is slow out there, okay? Anybody that's listing a house, you know, Look at what year, look at the date you're listing it. And if you list it on August 15th, 2022, it is a lot different from August 15th of 2021. Okay. Things have changed. So, you know, don't panic. It's still a great market. There's still very, very little inventory and there still is a lot of buyer demand. So you're right. Don't hit the panic button. There you go. All right. So uh, check this out. The one place there in Frederick on Karsten, uh, the townhouse that was doing the two-week update, Terry, I shared about 
their cost actually came in less than they thought to get everything done that I told them to do. It was about $8,000 or so. And their return, um, you know, was really, really good. They got a $12,500 return because here's what happened. We get this out on the market. Same thing. A little bit slow at first. Then all of a sudden we got like six or eight showings. Boom, boom. And then, bam, here came the two offers. Initially, out of the gate, they were wanting to be at 425 Ended up talking about the curve, everything that's going on, the whole nine yards. The last place that had just sold in that same area over in Wellington Trace was for 420 So instead of being at 425 we talked about the strategy and went. it came in at 415 with all the work that we're doing. Came in at 415, six showings, two offers. The second offer went higher above um, the asking price by quite a bit. And so, therefore, the sellers were really excited because what they realized is they were smart to have started five below the last sold price in the same area. Now, they could have been at the 4425 mark at the height of where the last one had just sold within a month, but they realized that they were likely not going to have multiple offers or even get an offer below the asking price if they were on for more than probably 10 or 14 days. So these sellers were smart. They did all the work I told them. They got ahead of the curveball. And, and all that stuff like that. And now they're realizing that it paid out to be a really good thing to leverage each offer to be able to have me help negotiate that to actually come in a little bit higher. So the big question now became, will we have an appraisal issue, though? Because if you come in any higher than the very last highest thing that just sold, it's it's really relative to think, are we going to have an appraisal issue? In this particular case, I don't think we are because of the time adjustment and, and simply because of the work they did and where it is and all those factors. And so when I added all the factors, I thought, hmm, got a pretty slight chance of having it. But if it does, the good news is they're prepared. They already know in advance. Wherever that comes in at, we're going to be really, really happy because we probably did better by pricing it out of the gate a little bit less than the last one that just sold than being at or above it. And so it works like a charm. It's amazing. So, Ter Terry, what are your thoughts on that? About what would you say to my sellers that listen to that good advice? Well, I, I, I listen to listen to the professional. Okay, you know that's why we're in the business. That's why we have the experience. So, so don't you know you've got you know what's going on in the business. They a lot of sellers feel that we're still in the market that we were just 60 days ago, just 90 days ago, the market has changed so, so much. So I think that that's great advice and I'm glad it worked out. Um, and what you're taking a look at is going forward. What are your thoughts going forward? I mean, my feel is that I'm hoping that rates are going to kind of stabilize. We get this inflation thing under control. We take some of the panic out of the market, but I don't see I don't see the type of market that we've had. Uh, I see more of exactly what we're going through right now over the next six months. And that's just my thoughts. All righty. Another one I'm working on right now that I talked a little bit briefly about that had all the crazy wallpaper and all that over uh, in Worman's Mill here. Nice place, a little dated, but uh, we're still waiting for the verdict to come back. I said to the sellers, let's do this. Let's, you already know, you know, with paint, you are going to do some painting and stuff, stuff like that. That's going to be huge for your rate of return. 
Um, it's in a state sale, by the way. And um, and so I had said to them, let's let's go ahead and get an uh, let's see how much this wallpaper would be to remove all of it. I just want to get an idea because it will help me to gauge with what's sold that didn't have it versus, and then I can back into the numbers to think about what kind of return rate you'll get on this. And I know it's always positive, but it, it is sometimes it gets a little be split in hairs to think, yeah, it's just not going to be really worth it or is it? And so we're on that edge of that. Um, so people ask me all the time, they're asking me right now, what the sellers, the, the sellers that we're helping now and buyers, who are they right now in this kind of a market? Um, 80% Terry is what I'm learning is the one talent ridge job change. Um, this one in a state sale. Um, I have another one in Hagerstown. I'll talk about these guys. They just need to upside. They're, they need something bigger. Um, they want to somewhat stay in the area. And so, you know, there again, that's two out of three. So 60 to 80% of all of these sales are mostly people that need to. Now, the ones that are buying, the, the one on Karsten and the one in Talon Ridge, both of these buyers are coming from out of the state. They're coming from out of town. So there you go. Same thing. Job changes. Um, something major with family change or something like that is what we're uh, quite a bit seeing as far as that's concerned, too. The one in Hagerstown I want to touch on, that was the one I talked to them. They did decide to go ahead and put in the drain system. I had said to them, we're going to have to disclose that you had moisture in the basement at one given moment because they had to blow the Boca doors, which are the doors, that the metal doors that go to the outside into the backyard kind of thing that go up steps. Um, they had just a freak thing. Anytime you get a two or three inch rain, I don't care how good you've sealed something, you're going to get maybe something in the... And so they, they decided to go ahead and take my advice and put in a drain. They got a good price to get that done. But the other big thing I talked about was when it comes to layouts, when it comes to living space and areas and what you can do in a home, that can dictate very differently as far as value. And now... The problem is it's so subjective, and this is what I mean by that, Terry. It's an open floor plan, little rancher. You know, it's like 12, 1,300 square feet, but they have a kitchen and living room that's combined. You can actually see both, but the problem is the living room area is right where the front door comes in, and so therefore you have a very, very small area of space, as we would call you know, viable living space that somebody could use. Now, this is negative in a sense because of how small it is, but the good news is that compensates for some of it is the fact that they have a fully finished basement. They have kind of a man cave, if you will, and they have all that finished space in the basement area that they can utilize that will act just like living area in the main living area space. Um, now, how does this relate? When I look at comparables, when I look at three or four other homes like theirs, most of the others had a larger living area. So I had that talk with the sellers and said, hey, look, there's no formula. There's no way I can say, look, okay, if that other house sold for $300,000, you are going to get two eighty dollars because you're going to have to take $20,000 haircut because your living area isn't as conducive as this other one over here. Now, while that may be true, there's no quantitative number, Terry. So I said, look, the basement helps out a lot. We're going to put a lot of emphasis on that. But it, but, but you're not going to be able to sell for 300 or 310 like the neighbor that has more living area space. So this is one of those weird things, guys. I want to really be emphasizing on that a lot of agents may not be paying attention to and know how to navigate through that to prepare a seller for what you need to pay attention to to adjust for or not have to adjust for when it comes down to some of these kind of items, you know. And I know the sellers can easily say, well, Darren, how much is a buyer really going to pay attention to this? this little area how much are they gonna are they really gonna see the difference in all this net 
Uh, yeah, because uh, we're showing them four or five or six somes or more now if there's anything out there since there's a little more inventory. So, yes, this does play into mind. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is are you open to being able to compensate for something that, you know, you better do in the beginning rather than later on? So, Terry, what are your thoughts on that, that whole scenario? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's something, and, and going through my mind is, you know, this is something that we didn't talk on the show about six, eight, 10, 12 months ago because we didn't need to because this topic really didn't make a huge difference. People were trying to buy up houses. They were doing it as quickly as possible. They were fighting. And then when the dust settled and they moved in, then they worried about the living spaces, I think, in my opinion. But now what we're seeing is 25%, one in four contracts that are being um, offered, or one in four contracts that are being accepted are either FHA or VA. That number has climbed dramatically. That is the number one thing about the slowdown is you're going to have to um, more and more FHA buyers are getting contracts awarded to them. So uh, now that we have to worry about that space, yes, that is every everything matters right now when you're trying to present your house and list it. Yeah, and that's what I um, told the sellers. I asked them, I said, hey, you got to think, as always, they've never sold a home before, okay? They've been there about seven years. So they got good equity. They're in a good position. And um, actually, they actually almost have the house paid off. They've done really good. Um, they did the Dave Ramsey thing, by the way. They did like a 15-year mortgage, I think, and they just kept paying extra, extra, extra on it, all that stuff like that. So they're down to like less than like a year or two in this house. So I said to them, it's a small house. It's it's um, it's a, it's a small rancher-type house. It's cute. It's got a huge, nice backyard and a whole nine yards. Um, but that was the one thing. And I asked the husband and wife, I asked both of them, I said, what value do you think? Like, what do you think is viable as far as where to be in retrospect to these three or four other homes that we're using against comparables? that and so it was good conversation so we're working on it and um so far so good the biggest thing is finding them a place now coming up soon all right terry last thing in the program here i wanted to share about is something that came out at the conference in san diego that is really huge on the financial news update side of all this kind of stuff like that um they had mentioned about six to 12 months ago that 47 percent of all americans were living basically paycheck to paycheck so, you know, you can run your what numbers and ask number Google. Again, I'm, I'm sorry, say that again? What was that number again? They, they said four, again? About, about a year ago, about 47% of all Americans were living paycheck to paycheck. But this last June, with all the inflation and the high prices of how much everything's gone up in the last year and, and how much people are now resorting, there were 224 million new credit cards issued last year with $46 billion in debt total now. And they had said that it was now up to 61% of all families are now living paycheck to paycheck. And so, of course, the message of the day for all of us agents, not only with a little market slowdown or change or whatever's coming in the future, which shouldn't be catastrophic, but the same rule of thumb on the financial news side of just some really good advice was get your financial house in order. Stop spending on things that are frivolous. Start to really, really tighten down a budget a little bit and things you, you, know, you don't need to live with that you can live without. 
don't be buying and start to save, save, save and get at least a minimum of three months of expenses in a bank account as fast as you possibly can. So those were the words of wisdom for Mr. Brian Buffini out there. So what are your words of wisdom for somebody not just, yeah, buying a home, getting ready in position, um, but what are you seeing as far as that, you know, retrospect to people with cash reserves for a loan and all that? You got 45 seconds. So share with us your thoughts on that, Terry. Basically, what you're taking a look at is um, that, that's an amazing number. The number that you said, 224 million new credit cards with $46 billion worth of uh, buying power, uh, th- that's astounding to me. But what we're taking a look at is absolutely right. Some of the grants that we have, they're dwindling. We're using a lot of the grants, okay? And what you got to do is you got you do have to save. But um, the paycheck-to-paycheck thing is scary, okay? And I think that when you're looking to buy a house, make sure that you're going to feel comfortable. Make sure you know what the tax benefit's going to be. Make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into, because once the settlement happens, Darren and I aren't going to make your payment for you, okay? But we're going to make sure that you feel comfortable in whatever loan that you get into or whatever home that you get into. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, T. Have a great time at the White Marlin. Take pictures and let us know who wins all the money and bring some of it back. All right, guys. Happy Biden. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244, 301-639-9244. Or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at DarrenAhern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock.